Um, at this point, I want to introduce uh, David Schmidt again, and he is going to offer us a little uh, proleptic description of next year. We'll, we'll call it that. Yeah, it's, it's customary uh, to uh, announce the topic for next year, and I'd like to do that, and then after I announce the topic, I'd also like to at least frame a few ideas of how this topic leads into the next one. So the topic for next year's symposium is going to be rediscovering the art of preaching rediscovering the art of preaching. The, um, <clears throat> the idea behind it is that uh, in our church body, we are excellently equipped for the heart of preaching, which is the proper distinction of law and gospel in the proclamation of Jesus Christ for salvation. And uh, just I was doing some research the other day, and I was looking at the uh, recent articles, say, for the past uh, 15 years that we have published uh, within our church body, and it's almost as if every one is about law and gospel. And that's good. That's good. It's uh, something we always continually reflect on so that we can sharpen that sword. Um, but I do think that a preoccupation with the heart of preaching has caused us uh, as a church body to lose sight of the art of preaching. Um, all of the different uh, discoveries in homiletics that have happened uh, since 1970, um, we just have not been embracing those, are speaking about those, are talking about those in our articles. And so our work together at the next symposium will be to speak about the art of preaching, not in a way that denies its heart, but in a way that asks us to keep the heart of preaching, but to rediscover its art. And so we will be working with uh, the faculty here. Uh, we've been doing a uh, homiletical symposium, a day of homiletical reflection, uh, every year now for about eight years, and we always bring in a uh, well-known homiletician from outside our circles, and we do that on purpose so that we can at least hear what's going on in homiletical theory outside our circles. Uh, but each year I get people saying to me, you know, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear from our seminary faculty. So this time we're going to rediscover the art of preaching, working with the faculty, not just the homileticians, but uh, many of the faculty here at the seminary. And in terms of thinking about how this relates to this present symposium, um, as I was listening, I just was... Um, thinking about uh, different questions that arose in my mind. I think the uh, Joel's paper, uh, the discussion of the formative nature of God's Word, how God's Word forms us, and it made me think of that, um, that sometimes I think we approach preaching from an informative approach. That is, we, we look at preaching in terms of, have I said the right things? Right? Have I said the right things? Um, have I been doctrinally correct? And that's an informative way of evaluating our preaching. And yet there's also a formative action that happens in preaching. I remember a woman that was in a Bible class I had, um, and it, it always amazed me that no matter what text we were reading, at some point in the Bible class, her hand would go up, and she would say, this just goes to show that we need to dedicate 
our lives to Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. Every time, it was, you know, it was like I, I almost wanted to choose text to see if she would not be able to say this, but it, you know, it kept coming up, and I never could figure it out until her husband had a heart attack, was recovering at home. I went to the house, I brought communion, and as I was going to enter into the service of the Lord's Supper, um, I asked her if she could turn the radio down, because the radio was so loud that I, you know, we couldn't hear each other. And she said, oh, she said, Pastor, I, you know, I hardly hear it anymore. I get up in the morning, I turn it on. When I go to bed at night, I turn it off. And what she listened to was the Moody Bible Institute. Now, this helped me understand why one of her common approaches to the scriptural texts when we would sit and discuss them was always this emphasis upon this. And I think sometimes we can say the right thing, but we get to it in a way that forms our parishioners' reading practices of scripture inappropriately. I think this happens all the time in children's messages. Right? You know, Noah and the ark, and the ark was made of wood, and Jesus died on a piece of wood to save you your sin. Well, all of those statements are true. You know, we do have the story of Noah and the ark. The ark was made of wood, and Jesus did die on a piece of wood. But how you get from Noah and the ark to Jesus on the cross, that's not how I want you interpreting Scripture. And yet the fact that I do it that way actually models a way of of reading the text. And so our preaching can be formative in terms of mo- not just what we say, but in terms of modeling. I think uh, the other item I picked up was the, um, I think sometimes our preaching can be reductionistic. Uh, reductionistic in terms of law and gospel, either in a um, kind of a minimalistic sense, a micro sense, where uh, at some point in the sermon, we, whether it belongs there or not, we throw in a little law gospel moment. I, I call that using law gospel to save the sermon and not the people, right? Because you just, you know, <laughs> I got to make it Lutheran, so somewhere I'm going to throw this in. Or we've become reductionistic in a macro sense, where the entire sermon is structured on law than gospel, so that no matter what the text is, proverb, parable, poetry, who knows what, I'm going to be a sinner and Jesus is going to save me, and that's going to be the major flow of the entire sermon. And that reductionism, I think, has been challenged by the things we have heard. Um, and as a preacher, we'll use three R's <laughs> to go with. Instead of reductionistic, we've been encouraged to preach a word that is redemptive, that does have at its heart this work of God in Christ. Um, this, I'm thinking of kind of the closing of your piece, which you entered into a beautiful homiletical moment as you were working with the preaching of Christ, and I just loved that. Well, I'm sorry, but I, I like that. Okay, so, so we got the redemptive aspect, but it's also, in addition to being redemptive, it's revelatory, and revelatory of a much larger story. Uh, this I'm picking up from uh, Okamoto and from Dr. Files. Revelatory of a much larger story of God's work uh, in the world. The Father sending the Son, sending the Spirit to bring us to the Son, to bring us to the Father. You've got this work of God in the world, and when it becomes revelatory in that way, then it becomes relevant. And I want to be very careful here. I think one of our problems is that we often approach scriptural texts as an ancient document that I, as a pastor, somehow need to make relevant to you. As if God isn't relevant to you, I've got to go into this text and somehow make God relevant to you. And I would argue that what actually is happening in preaching is God 
is making you relevant to him and to his missionary purposes in the world. And that when we preach in a way that is redemptive, bringing you into Christ and revelatory of the work that God is doing, you begin to understand how your life has meaning, relevance, in this larger unfolding of uh, God's work in the world. So in those ways, I think that our presentations have kind of shaped how I think about preaching or how this uh, may reshape our thinking about preaching. And when we gather together next time, we'll then spend more time thinking about uh, how we do that uh, in terms of the art of preaching.